Hey, hey, good morning. Well, we're not going to talk about the weather, and but we always do. And we're, we're hardy Minnesotans, right? But even some of the hardiest Minnesotans are sick of winter, right? Ready for the banks to go down. And we don't want to talk about what's in the forecast. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yes. He is for you. He is for you. He is for us. God is desiring people. We're hearing good reports across our land and ministries that are seeing God do great and mighty things. Even in our own community last weekend, we had... Uh, Attended a couple of the services, at least I did one, at Brainerd with uh, the Awakening, the Revive, having God is moving, and people responded. And people, some people were healed in their bodies, some people were saved, some people were set free from uh, stuff that's going on. And uh, we need him. Our communities need him. Our families uh, are... Young people, children, it's just a, a beautiful thing to have a Christian home, Christian environment. Grandpas and grandmas making a difference, yet where it never ends. You never stop being uh, an influence to someone. So all the way to the end, God calls us to walk with him all the way through our life. No matter where you've started, that's where you start. That's where you keep going. Keep going and going. Hey, you saw the commercial, the Ever Ready Bunny. Buddy, what is that? What's the Ever Ready Bunny rabbit that keeps going? But the batteries need to be charged. So it is with us. We need to recharge our inner man. Amen. So I had a piece of equipment in the woods here just lately, and it didn't have the alternator working. It's like batteries go down, and if it dies, you can't get it started. Let's jump in. So it's trouble, 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 trouble. Why don't we take the time to fix this? So I got a new alternator, but I got to figure out the wiring. So always something, always something. But today, I want to talk from... John's Gospel, chapter 14, these are the words of Jesus. Disciples were figuring, trying to figure out what in the world is Jesus talking about leaving for? You ever had growing up, growing up or going through life, a good family or a good set of friends leave, move away? That's just hard. It's like, yeah, yeah, we'll call. Yeah, yeah, we'll see you again. But time sometimes separates, and we drift a bit. But Jesus is talking about in the previous verses, the leading up to chapter 40, about he's going to no longer be with them. Just a little while. It's a little bit in the cross. He's going to face uh, crucifixion. And resurrection. And they weren't quite grasping this, so I think Jesus was sensing they were troubled. 
they were anxious. They were upset. They were worried. They were kind of down. Kind of down. And granted, even as Christians, we can get in modes where we kind of feel down, kind of lonely, kind of mully rub, so to speak. Anyway, I'm going to call this uh, message a place for you. Jesus talked about it. Now, I'm sorry, Iris Sandfield. He's the man who wrote, I've got a mansion just over the hilltop. Yeah. And maybe he's right. Maybe we'll have a mansion. And some versions read, in my house are many mansions. Well, maybe. I'm not so excited about a mansion. I just want to be with Jesus. I just want to be with Jesus. Because I know if I'm with Jesus, I'm going to be okay. I know if Jesus is in my heart, I'm going to be okay. I know if Jesus is in my home and we're living with the help of Jesus at my work, wherever I go, that he's with me. And so we, we're going to talk a little bit about that place that he is preparing for you and I. Now, it don't take very long as you grow up and you get involved in life. Trouble, trouble, trouble hits. I'm going to have trouble this week. All one of you. All but one. Only one. Only one. I had trouble. I had trouble. You know, mechanical trouble. It's temporary stuff. It's not a big deal, but it's stuff that we, we deal with. Trouble can be deeper. Sometimes it's emotional. Sometimes it's disturbing. Some of it's brokenheartedness, feeling that are deep within, setbacks, losses, troubled hearts. Jesus understands troubled hearts, amen? Jesus understands when there's a broken heart. The Bible says he's even nearer to the broken hearted. Nearer comes to those who are down. Jesus understood what it's like to be rejected. and misunderstood. Yet he followed through to the cross. And so I read, let not your heart be troubled. We've heard these verses, I'm sure, many times. But let's read them again. Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you, for I go to prepare a place for you. You ever wonder what that place will be like? It'll be for you. I believe it'll be tailor-made for you. Exactly what you will just, you will just, wow. Where, what's most important is that Jesus I want to camp a little bit on verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled. Staying, number one, our, point, our first point is staying positive in a negative situation. Hello? Staying positive in a negative world. Don't, don't get too much of the news, okay? Just enough, okay? We can't, we can't stay up if we just listen to the news, amen? Well, we're going to go down. We're going to, we're going to, 
And don't just listen to country. You gotta you gotta bring in some uplifting music, okay? Whatever other music's out there, but let's sing the praises of God. Let's keep our mind on the Lord. That's how you stay up, staying positive. Have you ever worked with someone? Everything that was gonna go wrong went wrong because they were proclaiming it was gonna go wrong. Have you ever worked with those kind of people? And you go, oh my goodness, can anything good happen? Is there any hope that you have at all? I hope I'm never one of those. I mean, I have to kind of guard my own heart. Don't go there. Don't go there. But just maybe for a moment. It's a momentary thing. And you, you know, you rally yourself up and you think, you know, this, this, is, this, is, this is just a temporary thing. Stay positive. A mindset. Keeping up in a, in a, in a turning world. Fast pace is our world. Fast pace. More is better. Thinking, if I only get this much, then I'll be really happy. It's, it's a facade. It's, it's a deception. So, so empty. Even Ann and I were talking the other day. And said, Nothing can fill the void but Jesus. Nothing can fill the emptiness but Jesus. Here's what will happen. When Jesus is in your heart, your work takes on the best. You become the best worker. You become excited. You become energized. You become, this is something God is enabling me or giving me to do. Whatsoever my hand finds to do, I do it with all my might. You're operating now with his spirit in you. You are not just operating in your own strength. That's how you can stay up. And we got to guard that. You got to take the time. And you take the time to soak in his word, to read his word. My, one of my first sermons, I don't know if my, one of my daughters, I think it was Anna, what was your first, where did you preach your first sermon? Well, I had to scratch my head. I don't know if it really was a sermon. I think it was a sort of like a talk. I think it was at a men's breakfast, actually, and I shared. And then I think the next time I really kind of preached was at my home church, maybe. It was on a missions trip. But I remember one of my first messages in my, in my first church that I pastored in Palisade. And when I came, there was 10, 12 people hanging on, and they were up in their years, and it was literally, literally, literally a dying church. And they needed encouragement. They wanted to keep going. They wanted to see families come in. They wanted to grow. Their hearts were in it. And I remember being drawn to this verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. And Paul had been talking about death and resurrection and setbacks and all kinds of things that will happen. But he goes on to finish this chapter out. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your toil is not in vain. How many have ever done something you felt was all in vain? Oh, yeah? I did. I've done it several times. All in vain. 
plowed the driveway just to snow again. Seems like it was all vain. Yeah, it's just silly thing. It's just stuff that we do. It's part of life. You wash the dishes, and of course you're going to have to wash them again. It seems like it's all in vain. And if you behold the writer Solomon of Ecclesiastes, if you want to really get down, vanity, vanity. What is he saying? If you, you've got to read, don't read just part of Ecclesiastes. Read the whole thing to the end. Because you'll get, what is this guy talking? Does he have any hope? Whatever has happened, you know, what he's seen it all, but when he comes down to love God and keep his commandments. That's the bottom. Fear God and keep his commandments. Nothing's He says he talks about a man who worked and worked and worked, and he didn't have a family, but yet he worked and he worked and he worked and he worked. For what? Can't take it with you. It's just our outlook. It's just our mind. Let not your heart be troubled. We can get bound up with the cares of this life so that we all of a sudden lose sight. Oh, we know heaven is coming someday, and you know that Jesus is coming, but, oh, it's just kind of like feel all this stuff. And so we've got to shake loose. We've got to come into his presence. Mood swings come and go. Hallelujah, everyone has a mood. Come on. Some people's mood swings are different. Mood swings. Mood swings. Little children have mood swings. Yeah. And we learn what it is that upsets us. Or we learn, we try to learn, why is that person in such a great mood? Whatever mood. And sometimes, what we really need is a little time to fix our eyes on Jesus, soak in his word, maybe communicate maybe bear one another's burdens. And so the disciples are like thinking, Jesus, Jesus, what are you talking about? You're leaving us. What are we going to do? We are just like lost sheep. We are just beginning to understand the things of God, and now you're talking about leaving us. And what Jesus goes on to say is to encourage them. Jesus, let not your heart be troubled. Then he says, believe in God. And so if people believe in God, now a lot of people believe in God, believe there's a God. I hear this all the time. I believe in God, but I don't know if he's really real or really, you know, I didn't know we can have a relationship with him. Some people don't have a clue. What do you mean have a relationship? That means God talks to you, you talk to God. That God actually is living in your heart. And so, his part is, he works all things together for good. That's in Romans. That's God's part. Our part is to love God. Right? All things work together for good for those who love God. This verse that we read, 
Believe in God. Believe also in me. Jesus and God are inseparable in the Holy Spirit. I mean, there's three in one. Jesus is God. He remained God while he was on the earth, yet he was human at the same time and felt the temptations of any human. Felt every temptation. Understands every pain that humanity goes through. And one of the ways to fight off bad mood swings or Sometimes the enemy presses in against you or oppresses you is to begin to speak out loud the word of God. Devil doesn't want to hear the word of God. You speak the word of God, you take authority over his messing around and his oppression. For example, Romans 10, verse 9 says if that if you confess with your mouths Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart, what? That God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Believe in God, Jesus said. Believe in what God has done for us. Believe also in me. Believe that Jesus is God. The cross is a reference to where we can go to at a foundation. A ref, how many know what a, ref, uh, a benchmark is? Hello, builders? Okay, I'll help you. Some of you do. Some of you know this. A benchmark, say you're going to dig a, a hole and build a foundation. Okay? Well, how high... How deep, how deep, you know, how do you know how deep to, to dig that hole? Well, you establish your benchmark. Up. You want your foundation to be, well, I want it to be about two or three feet off the ground so I can build it so the water runs away from the foundation. Now you take the mark of the benchmark and you measure down. Actually, you measure up on your stick. This is confusing. You go up to go down and down to go up. Have you guys figured this out yet? You guys are in the dirt business. I, 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 had a, I had a struggle with that for a while when I first started out. I go up to go down. I go down to go up. And so in other words, the benchmark tells me where I get started from. And the benchmark, if I lose track, if I get muddled up, in the process, I go back to it and start over. Benchmark is a cross. Benchmark is a reference. Benchmark is where I start. Jesus, start with me. I start by believing. I start by choosing you. I start by surrendering you. I start by coming to you just as I am. I cannot say myself but I choose to believe in you. Thus, you have made a way for me to be saved. You take away my sin that I cannot take away. So I believe in God. Number one, my mindset must turn to Jesus. If I'm going to overcome this world and overcome all the temptation and overcome what the enemy wants to put on me, 
I must keep my mind upon Jesus. Let not my heart be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. Back to the text. In my Father's house are many dwellings. You know, Jesus is not just sitting up there doing nothing. What he, he just said, I, I, I'm, prepare, I'm going to go prepare a place for you. Now, he is the intercessor. We know that he's seated at the right hand of God. But I don't believe he just sits there all the time. But I believe that he's moving around, that he's, that he's doing things in heaven. Now, we don't even comprehend what he's doing. But point two is he's preparing. That as we move in, uh, from po- being a positive person, being a person of the Lord, being a person that has the mindset of Jesus, we think of what, what would Jesus do in my situation? What would Jesus be like in my circumstances? What, would I, uh, what could I understand more about Jesus than I don't already? What can I learn from these circumstances? What can I make me more like you? And sometimes that requires circumstances that will test us. Sort of go through the fire, make me more like you, Jesus. So if I'm more like you, Jesus, if I become more like Jesus, I'm I'm making progress. Until the day that I see Him, until the day I need to keep on pressing in and pressing on. Jesus said, "I will come again." Jesus said, "I go." and prepare a place for you. Jesus has you and I on, our, on his mind today. Jesus has you in your circumstances on his heart today. Jesus understands what is facing you in your future. Jesus understands already before it happens what's going to happen. He's preparing. I believe he prepares every day his purposes and his desires. And sometimes we miss it, sometimes we don't always, uh, you know, always 100% walk in the will of God and yet he's patient. And he keeps pulling us back and bringing us in, desiring for us to know more and more about him. He can't wait until you and I are with him in heaven. It's like he's preparing He's busy. He's making things just perfect. And you will never regret, never be disappointed. Have never disappointed anyone. I've never had a negative, I've never heard a negative people that have had visions of heaven, have had out of a body experiences, went to heaven, come back. They, they want to be there. They will never. Be disappointed in heaven. And so God is saving us from a separation, another place that is eternal as well. And you know what that is? A place where the worm dieth not. A place of torment. Jesus knows we cannot save ourselves. He's preparing. I had an aunt well, I was probably 18. I just got my driver's license. I had an aunt. 
I think she was in her 80s. I think she lived to be in her 90s. Could be wrong. Her name was Elsie. One of them good old-fashioned Elsie. Elsie loved the Lord. Elsie lived in the country. She lived on the north side of Mille Lacs Lake. You guys know where the Wealthwood area is. And she had her wood cook, a wood cook stove yet in her days. And she lived simple and she worked hard. She had setbacks. And she loved to go to church, but she, she never did have her driver's license. I don't believe she ever drove herself. And so my mom and, uh, would pick her up. And then when I got to the, be the age I could drive, I wanted to drive, so I'd go down and pick her up and bring her to church. And it was so fun because I got to drive the car. You know how excited when you're first driving. I get to drive. Anyway, we'd have these discussions. And later in life, she got so she couldn't get around. And she really didn't want to try to get out of the house. And Sometimes I would stop and visit and She'd say, I don't know why the Lord's keeping me. I've heard this often. People get older. I don't know why the Lord's keeping me. And then she'd follow it up with this. Well, maybe the Lord isn't done with my mansion yet. Maybe he isn't done with preparing a place. Your time, our time will come should he tarry. But still good news. Still good. It's good. I always saying about it. And on that day, on that day, he's preparing. It's all about a place. Remember when Moses was crying out to God on behalf of the people who had messed up, right? They made a calf, they worshipped the calf, and God was ready to start over with Moses. Just destroy all this, get, get rid of this, just start over. And Moses is like, no, 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 you're, you remember, you're God's, you chose them, remember, remember God. Moses changed the heart of God, unbelievable. And Moses was face, almost face to face with God. He had a veil. Remember this. The scriptures teach this. No one can see God and live. No one can seek God in this body and live. God is too holy. And so Moses is crying out, show me your glory. I want more of you. Isn't it interesting when we seek God and want him, the more we get from him, the more we, he reveals him, the more we feel from him, the more we want. We want to stay in his presence. That's a good, that's a God thing. That's what we need. That's what the church needs to be. The more we know him, the more we want to just keep going, blessing him. So Moses cries. He prays this bold prayer. Lord, show me your glory. And God is saying, you know, I, I, you can't see my face. Here's what I'll do. There's a place over in the rock. Remember the cleft of the rock, the old song? And in that rock must have been a place where he could come and Huddled down with a cleft, there was a, a place. And I really believe this is kind of has some foreshadows of Jesus, because Jesus is the rock. And Jesus protects us. Jesus is the way we can get to God. And so Moses is chucked in. And God says to Moses, I'm going to pass by, but you can only see my backside. Because if you see my glory and all my glory, you will not live. 
and see the mercy of God is represented. Here's the mercy of God. I will show you what you can handle. And uh, sure enough, Moses wasn't the same. I don't believe he was the same after that experience. Remember Moses, he started on his life growing up, finally coming to a day when he realized, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm one of them. I'm, I'm one of the Hebrew children. He understands the way of, Mo, of, of, of Pharaoh. He understood the Egyptian law. He understood all these things. And he took it into his hand. He destroyed a man. He destroyed them. And then he had to run. He had to hide. Moses wasn't the same person then. After layer after layer after experience with God, God keeps working on us. God chooses people that you would never think. God can touch you. Anna shared a testament. I won't mention the name. It was some, one of her friends that was somewhat a borderline atheist. This young man was in college and he had somehow God revealed himself, showed them the spiritual world and scared him. It was a demonic spiritual world. It's from the Satan, an enemy. Three th a third of the angels fell, right? But God showed up to this young man, and this young man is now transformed and loving Jesus and wanting to spread the good news. That's a miracle. When God shows up, when God reveals himself, when God takes us to a place where we've never been before, but there's a place. There's a place. See, I believe this. We have a place with God right now in our heart. There's a place in here that only God, only God can occupy. There's a place in our hearts that God wants. And that's his place. And you offer yourself, open yourself to the Lord, and he fills that place. But yet there's another place in heaven. And this is the third point, that he's coming back. He is his promise. So we went from being positive to, to uh, preparing to his promise. How many know the Lord is not a liar? He follows through. And sometimes we say, Well, when is it going to win? How much longer, Lord? How much more? I mean, the Lord is patient with us. And he's coming back for his own. And I go to prepare a place, verse 3, I will come again. That is a promise. I will come again. And I know he rose again and he came back and he talked to the disciples and it says in another place he talked to 500 brethren and his resurrection was real. And he walked into a room when the disciples were hiding out and he talked with them. And then he proclaimed as he went back into the clouds, his descension back into the clouds, that I will come again. Just as you, the angel announces, just as you've seen me go, I will come again. And over in First Thessalonians, we read the story that, that one day the trumpet of the Lord shall sound, the dead in Christ are going to be raised, and the dead in Christ are going to be caught away. 
And we who remain shall be caught up with them. So it's coming again. We talk about, it's talked about throughout Scripture. It's talked about through the ten virgins, that story where five had, had the wisdom to bring up oil, right? And five of them were kind of negligent. Oh, we'll just kind of slide through life. We'll just kind of maybe, we'll just kind of, then maybe wait to our deathbed and then we'll get married. See, that kind of expectation. Be careful. Be careful. You may not have that chance. But the five wise took enough, and they were waiting. They didn't know when the bridegroom was going to come. But they were ready, just like us. We don't know when he's coming, but we are told to be ready. If, if the Lord should suddenly appear, that we'll be ready. If life suddenly is taken from us, we're ready. And that's how we live. We don't have to live in fear. Fear is from the devil, period. Fear is just as, as one of his weapons to get us anxious. To try to get us to figure things out in our own thinking. Trust in the Lord is freedom. Oh, the Lord's going to take care of you. It's in your hands. And even when it's beyond my ability to even have an answer, God is still saying, will you trust me? Even when it don't make sense, and there's many things of this life that don't make sense to us. Many things. So I'm better off to focus and talk to God. You know what you can do? When you don't understand, ask God about it. Talk to him. Lord, I don't understand this. What's going on here? The disciples were confused many times. Right? Jesus would try to help them along and clear things up. And they still weren't getting it. Well, they got to a degree. But you know what happened? You know what happened. And Jesus went back to heaven. He told them this very command, this great command. He said, go wait in Jerusalem. Don't you guys dare go out and try to minister without the Holy Spirit. You get in that upper room and you wait. And how many days they waited? How many days? Ten days. I could just see them. Just... When's it going to happen? 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 Peter would get up and talk, maybe. Someone would maybe sing. But all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit came upon them. And what happened? They spoke in a different language they did not know. They were given the gifts of prophecy. They were prophesying. They, were, they went out from that place with boldness and a faith to believe God for anything. And they saw miracles after miracles after miracles. God was working with them. That's the church you and I want to belong to. That's the church that Jesus intended for us to be. A spirit-filled church, a spirit, the spirit of God indwelling the church, infusing the church, charging the batteries of the church, 
It's not what you think. It's what he knows already. And we just got to try to walk in his will, walk in the spirit. Walking in the spirit is not always as easy as it's said, but if we, I think if we focus on the Lord, pray, pray it, pray in the spirit. If you have the spirit, uh, heavenly language or earthly language, there's both. We want to be in his will. The early church, I really believe this, expected Jesus to return in their lifetime. Well, that didn't happen. Does that mean we throw it out? No. There are other prophecies that we're waiting for. They're going to happen. You see, the, the, the thing about knowing that he has a promise for our future helps set the stage. How should we live then? What should be my priority? What's the most important thing? That I just live well while I'm on the earth and have a good life? Or is it more than that? Is it helping people know Jesus, pointing the way, encouragement? That's the church. That's the church. That's the body of Christ reaching out to one another. When one's down, discouraged, we rally around, we encourage. Somehow we love on them, we build up one another. The world is tearing down people left and right. Right? It's all about division. And oh, this is one of this is this agreement, this one, and it's just yeah. I need this truth. I need to hear what the Lord is saying. Thomas said to him, verse 5, We do not know where you are going. How do we know the way? so many people that don't know the way. I believe hell is going to be filled with people who are going to say, why didn't you tell me the way? Wondering how they got there. But heaven is a place that is real. And Jesus answers, I am the way. Don't make the gospel hard. Jesus saves. I'm a sinner. Jesus saves. I'm a sinner. I need Jesus. You paid the price. I confess with my mouth, Romans 10, 9. Romans 10, 9. Confess with my mouth. Jesus is Lord. And believe in my heart. You know the other verses that Paul said, if anyone who 
says Jesus is Lord, they're out, they're on the right track. But someone can't say Jesus is Lord. They're, they're not. They're not. They're not there. The enemy will not say Jesus is Lord. Sometimes we run into spirits in this life that is weird. It's, we just got to help the help of the Holy Spirit. Love, show the way, pray through. Take authority. Take authority. You walk into a strange place, sometimes you feel, whoa. You meet people that feel, you feel something, whoa, something going on. You begin to pray in your spirit. You begin to just look to Jesus. Think on Jesus. If you feel fear, speak the name of Jesus. At least in your mind, in your breath. If it's especially by yourself, proclaim it. Jesus, you're here. No weapon formed against me shall you proclaim the truth. That's the sword. You're fighting the battle. The faith, the shield of faith is also the word of God. Faith comes by hearing, Romans 10, 17. Hearing by the word of Christ. You're protecting now yourself with the word of God. Protect and pray over your family, your children. Pray the, prayer, uh, pray the word of God. Use the word of God. Coming. Coming. Know how we should be. Ready to go. Nothing. We're not even going to look back. God. And here's the good news. I'll wrap it up with a verse from. I think it was First John. Same writer of John. The little letter of First John. This is great. This passage always encourages me. First John chapter 3. Beloved, verse 2. Yeah. Beloved, now we are children of God. And it has not appeared as yet what we shall be. We know that when he appeared, we shall be like him. Because we shall see him just as he is. What do you mean we should be like him? We will have a heavenly body. That's what it means. We shall be able to see him. Everyone, uh, we shall be able to see him as he is. It's not going to be like Moses when just, you know, Tucked into that rock, we're going to see him. And you're going to want to stay. And you're going to want to be there. And you're going to be so alive. You could never imagine feeling the feeling. And everyone who has this hope, this is the hope. Fixed on him, purifies himself just as he's pure. In other words, you prepare, you make him 
Jesus Lord. I'm not talking about being perfect. No one's perfect. I'm not talking about somehow having to do this, 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 and order to come up to the stand. Holiness is Jesus. Holiness is Jesus in you. Holiness, sanctification, is Jesus living through you. Why did Paul say, I die daily? What is he talking about? He's talking about his struggle to live for flesh, live for self. Crucify that. He cried out, Jesus, be Lord. Why did he have such a passion to reach the lost? Because he saw Jesus. Jesus revealed himself. Jesus took over. Paul understood. Oh yeah, okay. Not just about being pharisaical and just set of rules. That's a life of condemnation. Absolutely. Deception. Jesus comes to set us free. And when we understand. Once Jesus is in our hearts, you want more of him. Once Jesus is living through us, there's no other life, there's no other way. I am the way. I am the truth. Let's pray. Let's believe God right now. Jesus, you come to set the captive free. You come to save those who are lost in this world. We praise you right now. You are the way, the truth, and the life. And that place that is in heaven for those who are living for you right now, that will come. But now I believe there's a place in our heart for you. Jesus, dwell in our hearts. Come into our hearts in a fresh way today. Be Lord. Be over our household. Be over our children, grandchildren, honor goes, and immunity, and our schools, our workplace. Be in every aspect of our life. May Jesus fill the void. May Jesus be in our church and churches and peoples, and neighbors across our communities. And help us share the light. Be the people of God. Amen? You are good. Let's get it one more time on that song. Let's give it one more time. Let's sing. You are good.